This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with repentance that leads to life. First called Christians, martyrdom of James, Peter rescued, and when you pray but don't expect an answer. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in all our by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O gracious God, your servant and apostle James was the first among the twelve to suffer martyrdom for the name of Jesus Christ. Pour out upon the leaders of your church that spirit of self-denying service, that they may forsake all false and passing allurements and follow Christ alone, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. First lesson for the festival of St. James the Elder is written in Acts chapters 11 and 12. Now in those days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. This is the word of the Lord.
Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We are able. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard it, they became indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There they go. They're at it again. Those disciples telling Jesus what to do. Of course, it's really easy for us to point out the denseness and the ignorance of those disciples because we know the whole story. We might even see ourselves as more illuminated, more enlightened than they. But this comes up again and again in the Gospels that Jesus teaches. He points to his mission. He tells them what he is all about, and the di disciples don't seem to get it. Or perhaps they don't want to get it. And part of that teaching, part of where our Lord is directing them, we find in the previous three verses to the Gospel lesson, which really set the stage for James and John's request and our Lord's teaching concerning true greatness. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him. See, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, 
and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. And yet, James and John make this request. Perhaps it's prompted by our Lord's talk of resurrection and they see glory in that, but they make this request to sit one on the right hand and one on the left of Jesus in his glory. We can point out, we can think and accuse that the disciples don't fully get what our Lord is talking about. And instead, they're arguing among themselves about who will be the greatest. James and John making that request of the places of honor of Jesus in his glory. James and John are very ambitious. They're very bold. These are the same two who wanted to call down fire upon that Samaritan village that rejected Jesus. They wanted to be in on the action. They wanted the glory. And they wanted the glory of Jesus' resurrection, for sure. But they missed the glory of the cross. They missed the suffering part. They missed the death part. They missed the baptism and the cup. And again, it's easy for us to point out their ignorance, knowing the whole story. It's easy for us to point out their faults. But how often have we done the same? At least they had the boldness to pray. To follow your Lord does not mean your best life now. It does not mean that things will go well for you or that you will always feel good about what you're doing. It doesn't mean you are going to have power over the world or control over even your own sinful flesh or that you'll be on your best game. So don't be indignant with one another, let alone with James or John. Don't bicker or feud, but listen to your Lord. And in love, serve your neighbor. Do good even to those who would wish you evil. And that's really the catch, isn't it? It's easy to say that I'm a servant, like Jesus, but it's hard to bear the crosses that come our way. It's easy to say we are servants and harder to face the hatred of the world that is thrown in our face for the sake of Christ. It's easy to say I don't want to be great. It's harder to not be liked. But to be a servant is to follow your servant, the servant, who is your Lord and Master. So repent where you've sinned, where you've doubted his goodness, where you've thought him absent or uncaring when you have suffered. Repent when you've sought your own status over your confession of Christ. Repent where you've sought your own greatness at the expense of your neighbor. Your Lord has ransomed you from sin and death. He's done it by way of his death on the cross. And in that way, he is great. And in that, we see his glory. He becomes servant and slave to all. So he's not here in the gospel lesson giving to James or John or any of the disciples merely an exhortation to be better people, to serve others. Nor is that his exhortation to us this day. There's something to that that we walk our Lord's servant way, helping our neighbor. But it must always start with Christ for you and what he has done for you.
For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He is the one who drinks the cup, the cup of the Father's wrath against sin down to the very dregs and dies. He is the one who lays down his life, but he is the one who also takes it up again in his resurrection, so that you too may be baptized with his baptism and drink the cup that he drinks. And yes, you will indeed suffer. The student is not greater than the teacher. He suffered and he died, and you too will suffer for his name. But it's not up to you whether you receive glory or whether you receive suffering. It is not up to you how you suffer. It's not up to any, to Christ, any Christian to determine the crosses that he bears or the cross that he has spared. So yes, James dies at Herod's sword in the first years of the Christian church, but Peter escapes that sword for a time. And even if you do not suffer a martyr's death, our Lord does not lay crosses or suffering upon you in the same way that he does for others. But he does give you the same baptism, the baptism into Christ, which does mean the death of your old sinful man, and it means putting to death the glories of your flesh and the glories of the world and dying with Christ and being buried with him through baptism into death in order that you would also rise with him. Because it does mean rising with him. For James, for John, for Peter, for all the faithful, and for you. For you have been united with Christ by those waters, united to his death and resurrection, and so the life you lead now, you lead in faith in the Son of God, who gave himself up for you. The life that he has won for you, the forgiveness that he has given to you, he places upon you, even into your lips. You are clothed in his righteousness. You are declared not guilty for Christ's sake. And in that, despite what crosses are laid or spared you, in that, you have everything you need and everything for which you could ask. In Jesus' name.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, Heavenly Father, grant your Church zeal for your mission of bringing life to this fallen world through the proclamation of the Gospel. Bless that proclamation, and by your Holy Spirit, grant the gift of faith to those who do not know your Son as Lord and Savior. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, give us faithful and compassionate pastors whose zeal for the truth of your word is matched by their love for the people whom you have entrusted to their care. Grant to your church a spirit of peace and unity that is grounded in your truth so that we may love one another as you have loved us in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Kind Father, we thank you for the gifts of your creation. Lead us to be faithful caretakers of this world in which we live, so that we may all continue to enjoy these gracious gifts which come from your hand. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Lord, be present with all those who are ill. Bring them back to health and strength in your time and according to your good and gracious will, or give them the grace to accept their afflictions. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, Heavenly Father, grant repentance and faith to all who approach your altar this day to receive the Holy Communion of your Son's body and blood. Refresh them with this salutary gift and strengthen them in faith toward you and in love toward others. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all these things, O God, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, for you have mightily governed and protected your holy church, in which the blessed apostles and evangelists proclaimed your divine and saving gospel. Therefore, with patriarchs and prophets, apostles and evangelists, with your servant St. James, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me.
As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, of the Lord be with you always.
Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and keep you in body and soul unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.